0: Marketing mini series, New York real estate show, Greg Helbeck, Michael Pinter, both reporting to you from the Empire State. We're going to talk about a marketing channel that is not very popular. It's not very sexy, but I'll tell you what, if you do what Michael Pinter and I are going to tell you to do in this episode, not only are you going to be a market celebrity, but you're going to be able to get properties for free, and you're going to be able to help other people and change their lives. And I'm really excited to talk about this marketing channel because Michael and I do it a lot. We've made a lot of money doing it. And it will continue to be a marketing channel forever until uh, we both die because it's really,
1: really long long after we're dead.
0: Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be like a legacy channel, you know, like people will be going to our grandkids and and still doing deals with our grandkids. So anyway, the channel we're talking about is relationship marketing and doing business with your quote unquote competition, because that's something that everyone's Oh, Greg. I mean, I'm in the same market as you, or there's so many people in San Diego and Michael. I mean, there's 3 million people in Long Island. We're going to get the same leads. This is what Michael and I do to get a lot of our deals. We partner up with other investors in the market, specifically new investors, and we add a lot of value to each other and we get great deals. So Michael, you, you actually do more of this than I actually do. So I want you to kind of take the reins here and then I'll, I'll kind
1: of fill in the gaps. Sure. So I, to be honest, like I, I, I got into this almost by accident, right? I never thought, I didn't really understand how this whole thing could work. Um, But I started a RIA, Real Estate Investors Association. And what ended up happening is that people came to me and said, hey, you know, I think this might be a deal. I don't know, can you help me with this? And what happened over time is that, and this is something that a lot of the gurus don't tell you. And it's, it's really more, more appropriate for New York or California because it's not so simple to know what a deal is. You know, you know, no one tells you when you start this thing, they just say, oh, send out a mailing or call a code enforcement list. And you sort of think people are going to answer the phone and go, hey, I need to sell my house and I'll take any price or I need to sell in five minutes. That's not what's going to happen. They're probably going to have a number and you're going to have to make a determination of whether that's a deal or not. So people started coming to me and saying, hey, is this a deal? Is this a deal? And to be honest, most of the time it wasn't a deal. But then I remember a guy, I still remember the deal. He told me that this is the house, the, the, the address. He gave me the wrong address, said it was in Hempstead. And I'm he gave me a price. And I'm like, that sounds high for Hempstead. But then he looked and he goes, no, it's in the town of Hempstead, but it's in the city. It's in Merrick." america's a much nicer area and i'm like if that's really what they want that's probably a really good deal and it was a deal and then what inevitably what happened after that is that he didn't know what to do right because he's new and when you're new you, you don't know what to do so yep. i said i'm going to help you with this don't worry he brought so we went to the seller to meet with them we made an offer we negotiated they agreed i said i'm going to sell i'm going to wholesale this to my list and basically we're going to split this phone's oh, buzzing we're going to split this 50 50 And I think it was a $30,000 deal. He got $15,000. I got $15,000. And that's an amazing thing, because if you think about it, if he had never come to the RIA, and if he had never spoken to me and never asked me about it, someone else would have made that $30,000. So by talking to someone who knows what they're doing, by talking to someone like Greg or me, you take $0 and you turn it into $15,000. Now, since then, I realized this is something that probably this is the only guy that either comes to the RIA or watches my videos or listens to a podcast probably not the only guy that has the same problem um a lot of people don't know how to start and but the biggest i'd say the biggest issue is that they they're almost terrified that if a seller says yeah i want to sell what they're going to do what the next step to after that is and they're almost they're almost terrified that the seller will that they'll make an offer and the seller will agree because they don't know what to do right there's there's,
0: especially in new york because that's
1: there's a a deposit involved there's attorneys involved they don't know what to do so I'm, I, I've am i been helping a lot of people now do that. And I've gotten, I mean, I'm looking at my recent board. I got a lot of one, two, three, four JV deals, you know, on the board that are in contract right now. So that's people who either are students of mine who are, you know took my course or, or, or coaching or someone who just found me and said, hey, I think this is a deal. Now, for every one deal that comes in that, that works as JV, there's probably 10 that don't work, right? And people come yeah. and say, is this a deal? And I go, it's not a deal at that number. It's only a deal at this number or let me go take a look or that seller, you know, it's not a deal at all. A lot, by the way, a lot of, a lot of times they bring deals that aren't deals at all, right? This deal is listed for sale and, you know, some kind of thing like that. But the idea is that if you want to get into this business and, and really you say, I do this, I do this more down from this side, but Greg, when you started, you did this on the other side because you partnered up with guys that we know, Um, you didn't know what to do. You brought them a deal. They basically gave you a wholesale fee for it. And they took the deal further, but without them, you would never have monetized those, those, those leads and those deals. And the same thing that we're both doing now on the other side, where we're, we're able to monetize deals from people who don't know how to get money out of a deal. And I would say even more than that, because I can't emphasize enough. When you start, you're not going to know what a deal is and what a deal isn't. You don't know how to, how to accurately assess what a value of the property is. You don't know how to negotiate with a seller. You don't know what the important parts are. I'm not even talking about the logistics of finding an attorney of where the deposit comes from, of how to get the contract in, in place. That's separate. That you can figure out. But to actually assess what and figure out if it's a deal or not, in the beginning, you're going to need somebody to help you. So that's where I, and Greg, you're doing the same thing now, I've come and helped a bunch of people do deals like that.
0: Yeah. And it's it's the biggest thing I've noticed with that is it's such a win-win for everyone because at the end of the day, like. People, a lot of new investors, and I've been there, you've been there, you want to get money to prove a concept. And you might be motivated, but like, as Jim Rohn says, if you're motivated and you're an idiot, you're just a motivated idiot. And I'm not calling anyone on here an idiot. I'm just saying like-
1: Never heard that from Jim Rohn, but that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember listening to that and I was like, oh man, that's super good. I'm going to totally steal that. So you, you could really have good intentions, but if you don't have the skills, like if you, if I really want to be a brain surgeon, Michael, and I'm motivated, but I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I see a lot of people, they, they really, they're hustling, they're, they're doing the work, they're getting leads or whatever but they just don't understand. They don't have the, the the experience and the skills that come with time and experience to know what's going on. And they fumble. It's like, the, you know, I'm a jet giant fan and they suck. And like, they just fumble the football and I'm going to the jet game this Sunday. And I'm going to watch a bunch of fumbles because mm-hmm. they might want to win, but they just suck, you know? So you got to have the repetitions and the skills and that comes with time and experience.
1: percent. And, and, yeah. gurus, and I, it's funny because gurus really, they don't teach this part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, like Tom Kroll great, right? He did it from yeah. wholesaling. He used to be wholesaling. So he'll say, you know, I don't know anything about real estate, right? I'm, I just know how to, yeah. I do how to market. But in certain areas, so he works Port St. Lucie, Florida. Yeah, in certain areas where everything's homogenous, you can be like that, right? If I buy anything under $70,000, I know it's a deal, yeah. right? If you're working in Lubbock, Texas where everything's built after 1985. But in the areas we work, this product from like the 1900s and this product later, it's block to block difference. Mm-hmm. If you don't really know your area, you're not going to know what to offer to make money. And to be honest, you and I still have houses in areas that we buy where we're not 100% sure what a deal is, yep. right? Sometimes we'll throw it out to the list before we're in contra because we're not sure. Yep. So the idea that you're just going to jump into this business and be able to determine what the right price is to offer is not really accurate until you really get a bunch of deals under your belt. And even then you have to learn, it's a skill that you and I are good at. You and I could probably look at 99% of the properties in the areas we buy. And within three minutes with any prop stream or MLS, we can figure out if it's a deal. We can figure out what, what price we need to buy it. Right. Assuming we have an idea of how much repairs they need. That's another thing. A lot of these guys get in there and they don't know what the repair estimates is. They come in super high. They bring in some contractor who does, you know, home remodeling. The guy <laughs> tells them to fix the house up. It's $250,000. The seller wants $400,000. The ARV is $500,000. And they offer the guy a hundred thousand I mean, like, they don't know what they're doing, right? You don't yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. they don't know. You and I yeah. know that. And we only know that because we've been doing it for many years. So yeah. to me, partnering up with somebody who's good. So, so people ask me all the time because I do a lot of my YouTube channel. And basically my, my main YouTube channel is helping other people get started flipping or wholesaling houses. And I get the same question all the time. Why would you train your competition? And I always say, and this is from Tom Kroll, actually. I don't believe in competition. I only believe in collaboration, right? We we both work in areas where there's so many millions of people that the idea that I'm going to train that guy and he's going to steal a deal from me is ludicrous. There's plenty yeah. of deals out there. That's not the problem. But the truth is, if I have five or six people that when they get a deal are bringing it to me and and working at a profit split, that's it's free money to me, right? And I'm, and and I and I always say this, and even the people I coach, I tell them you don't have to do any deals. with And you don't have to. I said you might want to with the first few because you're just not going to know what you're doing. I said, but. If you want to do deals, with me, that's great, and and that's and that's really how you and I make money helping people, right? Because when they when they have to do a deal, we'll, they'll give us a piece of the, a piece of that deal. That's how it works.
0: exactly, and it's it's a it's a no strings attached, and it's not a high pressure. Like it's not like it's like a, hey, like there's all this. Pre- it's like hey, like if you want help, you bring us a deal. We both get paid when it closes. No harm, no foul. And and that I've found that to be such a such a a, a good win-win relationship. And like, I've found too, like with new investors, if you want them coming back to you, if you, if you so a new investor brings like, I'll give you an example. There's a guy that, that I know and and he I'm helping him get started and he brings me a lot of deals and we do them together. And, you know, I've made the guy some money. Right. And, and and he wants to keep coming back to me because he knows that I can deliver. And I know what I'm doing and I'm able to turn his opportunities into money. And not only is he making money, but he, he's getting the fast track of knowledge by shadowing me throughout the process and that's a big thing about new york that people don't talk about is not only do you need to know the inventory and this applies in any like california too like that's a crazy market just like new york like not only is the person that you're going to work with making money with you and adding value but they're learning how the ins and outs of a deal go like for example i have a i had a actually this is a case study a buddy of mine found a house in monroe which is like down the street from where i am right now and it was a very hairy deal. And it was like, this house was just in a weird spot. We ended up wholesaling it for a big spread. But if he didn't come to me, he would not have gotten that deal. And not necessarily because he's a moron, because he's a very smart guy. But like, this was a complicated, Like I had to really posture up in this negotiation with this buyer because he was trying to like jerk my chain. And I'm like, listen, dude, I've been around the block and I'm not afraid of you. And <laughs> you're going to basically shit or get off the pot. And we ended up like, he ended up performing but it was hard. There was a lot of tension. And like, it was, you, I, if I didn't have, you know, hundred plus houses under my belt, I wouldn't have probably been able to do that deal. Right. But like, I've been there, done that. I've had experience. So like, I was able to kind of handle that scenario based on experiences in the past. And that just comes by doing deals. So that investor was able to watch me do that. And he got to learn everything that I have experienced in the last five years of my life. So that is knowledge that, will never go away from you. It's like riding a bike once you know 100%. how to do it.
1: And that's you can- amazing knowledge. Yeah. Like you're seeing how you handle it. So I have another case study going on right now. So I had, I I had a guy brand new. He goes out and literally puts door hangers on it for me for free. And uh, he got somebody to call. And it was actually a seller that I had spoken to a few years ago, but whatever. And um, the seller was really, the seller has, it's like an illegal two family and he's got two squatter tenants there. I haven't paid rent and got ever. So, um, <laughs> So I said, let's try it. I threw it out to my list, occupied, and I didn't get any takers. So then I said, okay, he goes, what do you want to do? I said, let's go talk to the tenants. So we, we negotiated with the seller, got him down even lower. And then before we were in contract, I went to the tenants and I said, you know, I have my standard line, which is you really only have two choices here. I go, you think you have more choices, but you only have two. The first one is you leave in a, in a while when the sheriff comes and pulls you out. I said, I'll be standing right there. I said, or... You can leave sooner with money for me. Those are the only two choices. And I negotiated with both sellers. Each the each two squatters, I had to give them each eight grand. So it cost me $16,000 to get the deal out. But then I but actually, right before that, I threw the deal out to my list uh, vacant. And, you know, it's like a $90,000, no, it's a $75,000 wholesale deal. I have to lay out 16. So it's a, it's a $60,000 wholesale deal. So yeah. like the guy, he, first of all, he, obviously is in awe of me, but I, he's like, I never would have even known like to do that. I don't know how, how to do that. And I'm like, okay, so now you learn, you got it. You got to try it. Now those, those squatters could have said no, but once they agreed, like I, it, that, I just unlocked 60 grand worth of cash there. So he's super thrilled. He's going to get 30. I'm going to get 30 on the deal. And I'm, and my 15 back and uh, my 16 back and everybody's happy, but like that never would have happened. Now, I don't know what would have happened to that house. I don't really know the seller probably would have had another three years as he fights with these tenants, but some other douche investor probably would have made a little bit of money on it. If I, if, if, if the guy didn't come to me and now he's making a night, he's, he's super thrilled. He's over the moon at how much money he's going to get. I'm happy that I got a deal where I didn't really have to spend money on the marketing. It's a win. It's a complete win-win. The seller's happy that he got rid of this property that we wasn't making any money on it. Wasn't getting any money in it everybody wins. And I I really, that's the way I think you have to approach all all of these deals. Everybody should be happy. Absolutely. Some guy's not happy, then then either that guy doesn't understand how it works or something's wrong.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. And that's the big value add. and, And a lot of new people might be listening to this right now or watching it. And they're like, well, I'm a little intimidated to approach somebody who has experience, who's busy or whatever. And it's like, for a guy like me or for a guy like you or any guy who's successful, air quotes there, like, if someone comes to me and says, Greg, how do I add value to you? And I say, let's do some deals together. If they approach me and they're like, Hey, I have this property. What do you think about it? Of course, I'm going to drop everything I'm doing and, and talk to them because to me, it's a, it's an opportunity to JV and make some money. Quite frankly, I'm a capitalist. And to them, it's like, they're bringing something that I want. If they're like, Hey Greg, let me like whatever, like something that's not going to move the needle. Like I'll probably talk to them because I'm a nice guy. But like if someone is consistently bringing you opportunities to a guy like me, to a guy like you, those are free leads where that, because we, you and I spend tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing. So like, if I can get a lead for free and I have to split it, that's just as good as me paying $6,000 to buy a house in my market. Cause that's the cost per deal. So like, don't think that I'm not going to answer your phone call. Listen, it's like the boy who cried wolf. If you bring me 10 MLS properties that are listed. Right. You know, we can kind of get into that on the back half of the show, I'm like how to you, you know, probably what should to bring yeah. We're talking about what deals
1: man. you should not bring to somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Or like some some Daisy chaining jerk off who's like you know oh. bring oh I, by the way, man, if you want crazy story real quick, it's on the record. So I had a house in San Diego last week. We wholesaled it. It's in escrow or whatever. And in San Diego, it that is like the land of daisy chaining because there's like <laughs> 10 million wholesalers. So i sent make thing three thousand dollars, everybody's trying yeah. to get in there. I, yeah, I send this thing out at like 10:30 Pacific, and you know, everyone's blowing me up. And I'm like, they we're doing the showing tomorrow? Hold your horses, you know, keep the freaking dog in its cage. So I get a text from one of my buddies out there, and he's like, Holy shit, back your deal is like making the freaking runway out here in the San Diego market oh, today. And I'm everywhere. like, So what happens is someone will get that and then they'll tack on 10 grand and then they'll send it to their cousin. He'll send it to their uncle. And next thing you know, so here's a big lesson for a whole, if you want to like not get ignored, do not, and I repeat, do not take a wholesaler's email. It doesn't matter where you are. This happens in Long Island and Hudson Valley all the time too. If you get a house from me for $200,000 and you think it's okay to go take that house, put it up for $220,000 you're that's called daisy chaining and that's a huge no-no all right so
1: yes don't I do agree. that, I, I, do I, call it that Island? I call it mid- yeah so i just I, there's a guy so when i used to go to the auctions there was this group that used to sit in front of me a, pa- a bunch of pakistani guys they buy <laughs> a lot of properties a lot and they paid crazy numbers right the word around was that they always they had end buyers ready and they knew what it was yeah, i don't know what just, happened yeah but well, I, I noticed recently when I would send out my list, one of these guys got on the list and he'd stick out my property and add, add some money to it. And I told him, do not do that. He goes, why not? We can make money. You can make money. I go, because it, it cheapens my deals, right? Yeah. And if my buyers are seeing my deals from multiple places. At higher multiple, prices. With multiple prices. They don't know if I'm for real or for you for real or you're for real. I go, listen, I am only direct from seller and direct to buyer. That's how I work. There's a guy, an Israeli guy, used to take my deals and send them out. I got somebody wants to call me. He got he got my deal from some guy in Utah. In Utah for like forty two thousand dollars more than I asked for it. And I'm like, how many people were in the middle of this thing? And yeah. I I take those people off my list.
0: Yeah. I, oh yeah, for sure. So
1: people call people call me when people call me and they, these are the magic words. Well, I'm not a buyer, but I work with buyers or I'm part of a group of buyers. When I hear yeah. that, I go listen. If you're gonna buy, I'll send you out my deals. I said, but if you're gonna send my deals out to anybody, yep, um, I really don't want to put you on my list. And they go, why? Why? I go because I don't want my buyers seeing my deals from more than one place. When people see my deals, I want them seeing it only from me. I go, it cheapens me and it reduces my credibility. And they, the lot, some of them have a hard time with that. I go, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I know you're not used to hearing this, but I don't want, I don't want you on my list.
0: Hundred percent. And that's. That's the way to go. And that's how you eliminate tire kicker buyers and keep the ones who are good. Because at the end of the day, like we have a friend, Frank, this guy, Frank's a savage. Like he's hope he's listening. He knows Savage is a compliment, by the way. Right. In New York, (laughs) if you're a savage, you're like the president, you know. So this guy, he does a lot of deals. He does a lot of business in our markets or whatever. And one time he sent out a wholesale deal and some knucklehead sent Frank back his own deal. And and, and he, he called the guy up and I thought he was going to go there with a crowbar, but like, don't do that. Like the point of this is like, be honest with people you're working with. I have a lot of buyers who say, Greg, I have, a, I might have a buyer who might want to buy this. Do I have
1: permission to show it to this buyer exclusively? Right. Of course. You, you no do. problem yeah. with that. You want to yeah. join venture with some guy, yeah. but don't advertise a deal. That's not yours as yours that I don't like
0: percent. hundred percent. While we're
1: on the list of don'ts, let's talk about the other thing that people shouldn't, the thing, the deals that you should not send. So mm, I have a guy, he's a, he's a, he's a nice guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he'll call me and he'll go, I got two deals next door to each other. These are the greatest deals. And I go, okay, what are they? He goes, well, one's listed for sale. And the other one looks like it's falling apart. I said, okay, I want to make something very clear. I go, it's not a deal until you've spoken to the decision maker which should be the seller, except in rare, on rare occasion. I go, until you've spoken to a seller, don't even call me with it, right? And, and, and in general, if it's listed on the MLS, it's probably not a deal. And so people have to understand that. And I, I, I had a like a, a 16 minute discussion with a guy and every second of that discussion, I was thinking, why am I wasting my time with this guy? Who I You would not be convinced that if it, w- if it was listed for sale, it's not a deal, why? I said, well, if it's listed for sale for X and it's not selling in today's market, it's probably not worth X. He goes, but well, we can get it cheaper. I said, but everybody can see that deal there. I go, I have to buy it at a significant discount to what it's actually worth. And it's not worth what the seller thinks it's worth. So <laughs> for me to come in later at 70% of what he's asking, I said, chances are he's not gonna go for it. Yeah. Or maybe he will. I go, you're, you're right, maybe. I said I have bought properties listed on the MLS, but they're one in a million.
0: Yeah, once like a come, year to me. Yeah, something happens, that comes once a year.
1: Something that comes out that I can grab right away that's mispriced or something where they can't show it. They can't, they can't show it because there's a tenant in there and they're really willing and they're just desperate. They want to take blood because no one's coming to see it. I said, but it's a rare occurrence. I go, don't. I said, if you, sh- if you bring me deals that are listed on the MLS, I said, we're, we're not going to have a good relationship.
0: and that that's that's the key too because it sets up it sets the stage for like when someone knows like they 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 have like a buy box or criteria on how to approach someone like you or me versus just sending them bullshit thinking that they're being productive but they're really just choking their chicken and wasting their time you know you know and i'm just like you know i think a lot of you got to do the work like and like you you say this i've learned this from you and it's true it's like it's very easy to build a buyer's list because everyone wants to freaking, Hey, Michael, if I can get you an investment property, at 60 cents on the dollar. Would you ever consider buying it? No, I'd rather just go to good. Afghanistan and fucking, you know, sit right. in the airport, you know, well, you like- want
1: you want to send me money. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Put me on your, yeah. <laughs> but so there's
0: no, the point of that is like, I know we're very funny and this is the best show in the world, but like, the point of that is it's easy to build a buyer's list because it's an offer that's an irrefusable offer. It's hard to prospect and send money and get rejected and follow up and deal with 10 decision makers and have an attorney bitch about the deposit. There's resistance there. There's no resistance with sending a random buyer. Hey, would you like to buy my property if I give you a good deal? Like no shit, of course I would. You know, right. So you got to focus on the areas that move the needle, which is talking to sellers and making offers. Like you say this all the time and I 100% agree with you. Building up a buyer's list is total horse shit.
1: I don't complete, care what... Complete waste of it's time. a waste of time. It's a, how do they say? Mental masturbation. <laughs> mental masturbation. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. It feels so good. It feels great. Hey, I'm building a buyer's list. I heard this guy in Phoenix told me that I have to do reverse wholesale. Like All I'm going to do is build a buyer's list, ask them all what they want, and then I'm just going to find it to them and hand it them on a platter. And I'm going to make billions in the next two weeks, the guy told me, right? Because it feels so good, right? Feels I'm gonna good. Call, I'm going to call people that look like they buy and I'm going to ask them if I can send them something that makes the money will they will they agree and they're all going to say yes and tell me exactly what they want unfortunately yeah. they're going to say yes but they're never going to tell you what they want even my yeah. good even my good buyers right I have buyers who bought over a dozen properties for me if I call them now and said hey what do you like they're going to say the same thing as everybody in New York anything that makes money anywhere yeah. anything because there isn't such a tight buy box. Like in Phoenix, there's a tight buy box. Yeah,
0: right? you, there's funds buying there. It's a total different market.
1: Right. Yeah. The fund. Right. The fund needs a three-bedroom, two-bath contract. Uh, CBS. What is that? Concrete brick construction.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stucco it, shit. You yeah. know,
1: no basement. Uh, built after 19. 19- in New York, there's just there's a million things. There's just too, the, the the inventory by us is way too diverse right yeah in the hudson valley too you got stuff built there dude, it's the, crazy in the, in the 1800s <laughs> even in
0: san diego the inventory is fucking crazy i was looking at two houses in la mesa yesterday and they were built in 1920 and they were little fucking meth labs and i'm like this isn't like in I've, I've actually it's funny i was i was on the plane last night coming here this morning and i was listening to um somebody talk on a pod oh i was listening dude you gotta there's this guy named doug hopkins okay i'm sure you've heard of him sounds familiar this guy is like the, the absolute like king of my, listen to Steve Trang, Doug Hopkins, real estate disruptors podcast. This guy is an absolute legend and uh, Doug's business partner was interviewed on Steve Trang's show. His name's Darren. That's another, I like the Steve Trang real estate podcast, whatever he puts out. He's pretty it's good, good, good.
1: Steve Trang. I like it. Yeah. Name. So,
0: so he's got Doug, Doug Hopkins, partner on the, on the, on the line or whatever. And he goes, why do all the gurus like Phoenix, Arizona? Like, it seems like, and we're, we're going to, I'll make a point here in a minute, but like, he's like, why is everyone in Phoenix? And the guy is from Phoenix. And he's like, here's why every fucking property in Phoenix for the most part is built on a track home in a grid. It's built after 1980 there. And I've been to Phoenix several times. I've driven around the streets of Phoenix. Literally. I kid you not. Every house looks the same. It's unbelievable. It's like you're in like the twilight zone or something because every house is the same in our market. Like I've found another good way to get, you know, to JV with me is like, or for me to, to see if it's a deal if I go on the MLS and I go literally like take the subject property, I go a quarter mile out and I just filter the property from cheapest to most expensive. If I can get that house cheaper than the the least house that is sold on the market, usually it's a deal because like, and that's like a little like advanced hack, whatever you could go do that yourself. But the point of that is like, you could get a house in New York that was built in 1920 in Suffolk County or wherever in Hempstead, wherever the hell that is. And you could think it's a deal, because some gurus saying something but then at the end of the day that property might be in uh like Massapequa schools or whatever the fuck and then you, this house could be in i don't know Elmont
1: schools, in area. 100%, 100%. Yeah and and that's a huge it's a huge value it could to be 100,000 dollars off yeah, yeah exactly so if you think about the hottest areas in the country now Dallas Phoenix Phoenix and, Salt Lake uh, uh U, yeah Utah and Florida. um and what what's the other one I'm thinking Oh of? Vegas Las Vegas Vegas that's Those are all thing. properties where almost a, a huge portion of them are built after yeah. 1980. Right. And, and, and you, and a guy who's flipping houses there knows what it costs him to do. Cause every house is the same, same shit, same shit. And it's just not the same by us. So you need no. to know, you need to know a little more about what's going on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's where the big value add is with partnering with other investors. So let's wrap the show up with a very specific action step. So let's say someone's listening to the show and they are not a newbie. They have made money in this business. They do this full time. And they want to try to get other investors to bring them deals. I'm going to share some strategies on how to get leads air quotes of new investors. So here's the best way to do it. It's not rocket science here. Put out content about what you're doing. That's literally how I get, that's the secret of my sauce. I put out podcasts and I go on Instagram when, you know, it, when two in the afternoon when I'm doing nothing and I'll put a post out, like I just wholesaled this house, this, and I, I usually what I, I have like a framework, it's like the house, the story on how I actually got the house. Cause a lot of these guys post these checks and they're talking, they're like showing some bullshit. Like, Hey, this is how I got the house. This is like the real numbers on it. Like I don't flex. I'm like, this is just the numbers on it. And then at the end, so it's an intriguing like read or whatever and watch whatever I'm making. And then at the end there's an offer. Hey, if you're in San Diego or in the Hudson Valley and you have a house, you want to partner with me, reach out to me on a DM. And then they see that I'm obviously doing business. And then I want to do more business And when you put that out consistently, whether that's a post or whether like you make daily YouTube videos, you build credibility subconsciously with people because they know that you're obviously an expert because you're talking about it every day and it magnetizes people to come to you, right? And instead of like, you know, getting a list of investors and text messaging them on lead Sherpa saying, yeah, let's JV deals. It's like, no, I'd rather just like make a video or a post or a podcast like what we're doing now. By the way, if you have a deal and you're in Long Island or Hudson Valley, hit up (laughs) Michael or me, whatever. Um, Shameless plug that's how you attract people to do business with you. There's another guy I work with in my market. He found me on Instagram. He's marketing. I've seen his website, you know, because we compete on SEO and stuff like that. He came to me and we talked on the phone and he brought me a house. We made some money. He brought me another house and made some more money. But he saw my stuff online and he was just, you know, he reached out to me and we became really good friends since then. We made some money. So like putting out content and you don't have to be like a guy like Michael. I who's done hundreds of deals. You just got to be out there documenting what you're doing let's say you've done 10 houses you doing 10 houses is, is 10 times better than a guy who's never done one house so don't think if sure. you haven't done 100 houses you can't go out and market yourself
1: if you did That's two if you did two deals you're 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 to a lot of people who have never done a deal you are um you're a prodigy you're luke skywalker
0: <laughs> yeah so michael what do you like you put out a lot of youtube videos like what what do you see i mean you you and i'm serious. i still to this day Every morning, watch your YouTube videos because I learn stuff from what you put out. So, like, how has the content that you've put out obviously benefited you? I mean, this is a softball question here, it's but like, brought, yeah, what so what have you brought, seen from it?
1: It's brought me, it's brought me people who wanted my help and who have sent me deals, right? And 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 the irony of it is, you can't really, you can't put out the content. You have to give without,
0: yes, without
1: without thinking about receiving, right? You have to give it. Like when I created the RIA. Um, it was just because every RIA in my area sucked, was expensive, was boring. A lot of them made you sit through terrible presentations or through horrible dinners. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to send the free RIA. And I, I had no expectations of anything in return. But when you put out that and you just say, I'm here to help, you end up getting, that's how, when you end up getting a lot in return. It's ironic, but you have to it really do it that way. So yeah. that's the way I do it. I'm I'm just here to help. People ask me all the time, why do you do these? And I'm like, I'm just here to help. I'm, I'm, if anybody needs help, I'm here to help you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And the thing I've noticed too, is like, you and I really enjoy this business. Like, it's not like, I don't really feel like people will kind of scrutinize me sometimes like, Oh dude, you're always fucking on the phone. Like, why are you like, I'm like, dude, like number one, like stop bitching. And number two, like I, this is like, I used to be a lifeguard when I was 16 years old at a pool with a stupid whistle around my neck, trying to like, not get yelled at for eight hours, making 10 bucks an hour now I can, you know, I'm able to literally make my own hours and make more money than I ever would dream of uh, the con- helping people. Like, the this con- is not work.
1: This is you fun. What, What's when, when you do something you like, the concept of retirement seems absurd. It's bullshit. Like, like I'll do this till I die, because I like doing it, and, exactly. and it's great. Why would I stop doing it? Like, that? the concept of retirement, I forgot where I read it. I forgot in whose book. Maybe it was... Uh, I'm not sure who, but he was Four like our work week. Maybe could be, but he's like the idea that you're going to work at a job you hate for 30 or 40 years and then retire and hope that your savings will keep you going. is ridiculous. The best years of your life are going to be spent doing shit that you hate because you hope you'll be able to gather up enough money to do the things you want. He goes, do the things you want your whole life. Wow. Just find a way to make money at it. So thank God you and I have found a way to make money at things that we really like. And I don't see any reason why I have to stop doing this. I'll do this till the day Forever. I'm dead. I love exactly.
0: it. If someone dropped 10 million bucks on my lap, like, listen, that would be nice. And I probably would stick that in some properties and technically never have to work again. But I would still, I would still get up at five o'clock in the morning and I would read and I would, you know, do all my thing because I enjoy that shit. It's not like it's a, it's a, a burden to me. Listen, there are some days in this business where I get a little frustrated. I'm sure every every, that's, that's going to happen to everyone. It
1: happens to you, happens to me, yeah. happens to guys who make 10 times as much as us. They have shitty days too. Yeah. That, you know, people say, oh, well, you, like we used to say that the group uh, that we're part of investor field, people go up there, guys who are making multi, you know, multi-million dollar a year consistently. And they, they got up and they go, I want, I just want to know how to even it out. Like I don't want a $400,000 a month and then a $40,000 a month. Like those guys are still having those issues. So the truth (laughs) is it's always going to happen. Like you're going to have ups and downs in any, in any business. It's nice to think like you're going to be the CEO of Apple and just watch a new iPhone come out and make, you know, and watch your (laughs) sales. But the truth is there's ups and downs in any business, but we, but we love what we do. So even when, the, even when the days are bad, we're still happy that we're in control of our time and in control of our business. So
0: hundred percent remaining grateful is the key. And here's a big mess- lesson for me, and then we'll wrap the show. I think the listeners got a lot of value from this marketing strategy a really help like way of helping people and also having it benefit yourself. I remember when I started this business, I worked for free air quotes there for like 12 months because I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember I was so used to doing the work. And I actually, I liked it because I knew I was making progress. I remember the first time I made money, I was like, holy shit, I just made money. And I was just out there like doing what I normally do for free. So I was conditioned to do it for free. And then when I started getting money from it, it was just like a bonus. Like, and it's the same shit today. Like I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing different shit today. It's different, But like, I'm still like getting up every day, making my own schedule, buying properties and doing the, tasks that require success there and it, it, it's like i'm getting paid to do something i love and i think the people watching or listening to this like you can like when you get to that place because it's obviously possible you will never you will think of money completely differently like i i have a different association with money now than i did when i got started and i'm sure it's the same with you too like you came from a you know you were on wall street or whatever and it's like it's it's just a different way to live your life and this is not a philosophy podcast but the point of that is like make sure that You do the work every day, you're consistent. And when you start making money, because that will inevitably happen when you make enough offers, we could hold a show on that. Like, you'll be able to be in a position like Michael and I, where you'll have new investors coming to you for help and you'll be JVing with them and you'll be seen as the expert and everyone will elevate each other to the next level versus like having it be like, uh, you know, like when you start becoming successful, you're going to want to inevitably help others. And then, like, now I'm you and I, like, have other people we look up to that we're like, oh, we can learn from them. And, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the spiral keeps going up or the, the, the success spiral. So takeaways from the show before we wrap it up, put out content, document what you're doing, your competition are your friends, you collaborate with them. You don't need to like stab them with pitchforks. I mean, there's like literally a hundred investors in San Diego and 85% of them are cool guys. There's 12 investors in New York and 11 of them are cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like, so, you know, don't look at your competition like they're they're enemies. Like you can do more together and get farther together than you can if you're like hoarding all your data and secrets in your little bunker, you know, like not scared to give it out because there's no secrets last time I checked, especially in New York, because lists are hard to pull, (laughs) you know? So that's today's show. If you're listening and you get value, leave a review on iTunes, uh, share this with people, copy and paste it. And we'll see everyone on the next podcast.